Today's episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way that you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily, no sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. Longhorn Nation, it's the day we've been waiting for, the first day of spring practices, and we have four important storylines heading into this spring for you. We talk about those today. Bleacher Report made a list of their worst coaching hires of the last decade in college football, and unfortunately, two Longhorn coaches, one current and one former, made the list. We'll talk about that and a team we have not talked about enough on this podcast. I apologize for that. They're headed to the Sweet 16, the Texas women's basketball team. We end that today and make sure that we talk about the women's basketball team here on Locked on Longhorns. Happy Tuesday, Longhorn Nation. You are Locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jonathan Davis, the voice of University of Texas football and basketball. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Longhorns your first listen of the day. For my audio listeners, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube for exclusive content and to put a face behind the voice of your favorite podcast. Make sure you like us, rate us, review us, give us five stars. Anything less than that, I have to believe you're not listening hard enough. Longhorn Nation, y'all know how we do it on this podcast. Let's get right into it. So 24-7 Sports, Chip Brown, he's got the inside scoop, and he identified four key storylines for the Texas football team heading in to the spring once again the first day of spring practices starting for sark in his second year today and here are the four most four most important things to watch out for going into the spring the first thing is who are going to be the leaders on this team where's the team leadership going to come from we saw in 2021 that there was a lack of team leadership and i think that affected the team a lot especially when you saw some of the mental mistakes being made when you saw some of the collapses in the second half really didn't have that one player to lean on or to galvanize the team uh, and have that voice uh, to follow um, and, and get through, you know, the storm and those type of moments. And so you really need uh, a leader to, to help you to be able to do that. And I think also what affects the leadership is if you don't have a stalwart that quarterback, whether you're bringing in two different quarterbacks like the Longhorns did last year, or you have a quarterback that the team just doesn't believe in, whether your quarterback is your best player or not, that's a leadership type position. It's kind of like point guard in basketball, you know? And, and so when you have inconsistency at the quarterback position, you're going to have inconsistency with your team leadership. And I think we saw that last year, but hopefully that's something they can fix. They're looking to fix in 2022. So Chip announced that two players that he's heard the most in terms of leadership that are taking on that role are Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. Now it's great to hear Bijan because he's obviously our best player on the team and he's leading by example and he's starting to lead a little bit more vocally and I think if other players see your best player um, going hard in practice you know going all out is the quote that he used and then also leading vocally that's only going to motivate them to want to do the same to to try to achieve the same amount of success as B. John Robinson has and then we know the sacrifices that Roshan Johnson has made in his time at the 40 acres coming in as a quarterback prospect 
changing to running back because of the need at the position. And so players know what he's willing to do for this football team. And it looks like they're following behind him as well. Three other names that he's mentioned are Jake Majors on the offensive line. I think he's going to need to be a leader on this football team, as well as a leader for all of those highly touted offensive line prospects that were brought in in the 2022 class. Um, and so it's good to see his name on there, as well as Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington, who are going to be really key in the receiver group this year. We know Xavier Worthy is one of the best receivers in the country, and Jordan Whittington is probably one of the biggest X-factors in the country when he's on the field. He is a playmaker, so it's good to see them showing a leadership role as well. I'm interested to see once the quarterback battle continues to uh, materialize and we maybe get more of an idea of who the starter is going to be. I know it's hard right now um, to see them emerge as a vocal leader, whether that's Hudson Card or Quinn Ewers. Um, you definitely need your quarterback to be a leader or serve in some type of leadership role. And so hopefully um, when the starter is announced or we start to get a picture of who the starter will be, that player will show up as more of a leader as well. Second on the list is the linebacker spot. Now, this is a position that they weren't able to make a lot of adjustments to. They're largely returning the same players. They are still um, in the mix for uh, transfer portal linebacker D Ricky Wright out of Vanderbilt. But Going into the spring, they don't have him, at least as of yet. And so you're looking at Agent Zero. Of course, uh, you know that his spot is locked down. But at that middle linebacker spot, Luke Brockermeyer is still recovering from a torn ACL. And so that's going to open up a lot of time in the spring at that spot for Jalen Ford. And now so they've identified uh, that Jalen Ford and Devin Richardson are playing with a lot of confidence. They came into the spring with a lot of confidence. And they think those are two players that are going to have a really big spring this year and ultimately it will translate on the field this fall so if jalen ford we saw what he was able to do in limited time last year if he can come in this spring take that confidence translate it to having a really good spring take over that middle linebacker spot um, i think he has a chance to not only take it from luke brockermeyer but really put a stranglehold on it especially if luke brockermeyer is physically unable to compete at this point so really look out for jalen ford this spring and will he be that starting middle linebacker this season and the success he has at this position if Texas wants to have a much improved defense in 2022? Chip Brown also identified the transfers on this team, two transfers that he thinks are going to have an immediate impact. Of course, we think all four are going to have an immediate impact, especially if Quinn Ewers starts. But two that have jumped off the page already, wide receiver Isaiah Nair, Coming over from Wyoming, he had 80, 878 yards last year, 12 touchdowns, averaged 20 yards of reception, and Wyoming only threw the ball 35% of the time. So given that he's going to get a lot more opportunities, he's going to have a lot more talent to take pressure off of him, uh, players that defensive coordinators and defenses are going to have to focus on outside of Isaiah Nair. He's just going to get more targets um, and be in a better offense this year, I would hope. Um, look for him to explode in that wide receiver two spot and take pressure off Xavier Worthy. We saw last year was kind of Xavier Worthy and everybody else. I think Isaiah Nair steps right in as a bona fide wide receiver two and is going to give, you know, every school we play, Louisiana Monroe, uh, UTSA, Alabama, and then all of the big 12 schools, a lot of problems on the defensive side, on defensive backfield. Six three corner transfer, Ryan Watts from Ohio State. He's jumping off the page as well. They really like what he's doing. And Chip Brown expects for him to make, make an immediate impact. We didn't know exactly who would be the starter opposite of Deshaun Jamison, assuming Deshaun Jamison comes back and starts on the outside as well. I figured it would be Ryan Watts. He has really good size, and it looks like 
Uh, he's been good so far. So look for him to continue to build on that in the spring and likely uh, be a starting outside corner for the Texas Longhorns this year and shore up a defensive backfield that was pretty underwhelming last year. And speaking of defensive backs, one player that is not a transfer, but that is a newcomer and Chip Brown expects to have an immediate impact Four star cornerback, number 82, 82nd prospect in the country, Terrence Brooks out of Little Elm, Texas. Now, uh, they're saying that he uh, they plan on him having an immediate impact and he looks really good so far. Um, he's enrolled early. So look for him to have a good spring, um, you know, play really well in the spring game. And he's going to get a lot of playing time early. And that makes it interesting in that defensive backfield if you have a true freshman coming in um, that's going to be taking snaps away from some of the more experienced players but they're saying they're liking what they see from him in the spring and, and so expect for him uh, to continue to build on that and have a lot of playing time early on in the fall as a true freshman it's one of the benefits to enrolling early you can come in show off that skill set and get some playing time right away and then at the safety spot this is uh, really important and one scout mentioned that anthony cook who's transferring to the safety spot. One scout mentioned that this will be one of the most important storylines in the spring. I guess that's why it's on this list. But they identified that his football IQ, his football acumen is one of the biggest reasons why they wanted to move him to safety. Of course, you lost Brennan Schooler uh, last year to graduation and then BJ Foster transferred to Sam Houston State. And while they weren't, you know, the best corn, I mean, best safeties in the world, excuse me, they did bring a lot of experience, which the Texas Longhorns football team does not have right now at the safety spot. The coaching staff is hoping that his IQ will be able to, you know, with his IQ, he'll be able to process pre-snap information really quickly and be able to relay calls if they need to be changed to the secondary. They highlighted that, you know, B.J. Foster uh, was really good if you had a specific call for him. But when you had to diagnose things, when he had to diagnose things on his own or change a call at times, it was hit or miss. And so they're looking for improved safety play. And that starts by uh, moving Anthony Cook to safety they have a lot of confidence in him and when you look at good defenses across the board typically um, they're going to have good safety play competent safety play and so uh, they think that's one of the biggest keys uh, to the texas longhorns defense being much improved is anthony cook not only moving to safety uh, but having the type of season that they envision him having this year so keep an eye out on anthony cook and what he's doing at that safety spot in the spring because it's going to be vital for the texas longhorns football team if they want to compete for a Big 12 championship and possibly make it to their first college football playoff. Bleacher Report released a list of the most worst hires of the last decade in terms of coaching hires. Once again, one former Longhorn made the list. One current Longhorn coach made the list. We get into that after a word from Stat Hero. I love March Madness, but I haven't been making any money on these brackets. Stat Heroes NCAA single game pickums pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can come through to take on head-to-head. -head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with the set of players you choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way 
to get your sports action fixed. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Once again, that's stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on for a 100% match terms and conditions apply. Bleacher Report released their list of the worst coaching hires over the last decade. And it pained me to see a former Longhorns head coach on that list. And it pained me to see a current Longhorn coach on that list. But I can't say I necessarily disagree with either one of those. So here we go. And you can tell me if you disagree or what you think. So the first one is my boy, Charlie Strong. And so he had the tough task of having to replace a Hall of Fame coach and national championship winning coach at the 40 acres in Mac Brown and Charlie Strong. He came from Louisville where he was dominant there, had a 37 and 16 record, um, really did some really good things at that program. And we were hoping everybody associated with the University of Texas staff, players, coaches, fans, everybody, boosters <laughs> that, you know, he would be able to, to come in and have similar success at the University of Texas. But as we all know, it did not shake out that way. So in his first season, he went six and six and they lost to Arkansas in a bowl game. So he went six and seven in his first season. And who knew that that would be his best season at the 40 acres. His second year, he did beat Oklahoma in 2015 in the Red River rivalry. But that was the lone highlight of that season, really. They lost to Iowa State 24 to zero um, and they finished five and seven comes back the next year in the first game they beat Notre Dame in overtime you know things look like they may be trending towards the right direction for Charlie Strong and the Texas Longhorns football program but as we saw that did not happen and things got worse that year than they ever had we lost to the Kansas Jayhawks in football for the first time since 1938 once again, in Charlie Strong's last year, this was really the, the nail in the coffin for him to get fired. He lost to the Kansas Jayhawks in football for the first time since 1938. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, they had to get rid of Charlie after that. When I get that, you know, I love Charlie, but Kansas, 1938. Anyways, <laughs> he finished 16 and 21 at his time at the University of Texas. They allowed him to coach um the the last game at tcu they got blown out 31 to 9 so it just ended badly there um and we didn't get the results that we hoped uh, from charlie strong taking over mac brown so let me know what you think you know was charlie strong one of the worst coaching hires of the last decade i think if you're you know super invested in texas longhorns football you probably think he is um still tough to see him on that list tough to see anybody associated with ut on that list but you know we haven't uh been ut you know, for the last 10 years. So it makes sense. Um, and then current Longhorn head coach Steve Sarkeesian was also listed. Now, he was an honorable mention. I got to throw that in. He wasn't just one of the worst, worst. You know, he was just worst <laughs> coach of hires of the last decade at his time at University of Southern Carolina. I mean, not Carolina, California, USC. And, you know, uh, probably listed for some other reasons, but we'll get into that. So he went nine and four in 2014, went eight and four and then won a bowl game. And, you know, like maybe 
Charlie Strong's first season, even though uh, it wasn't as good as Sark's. They're hoping that he could bounce back and build on that in his second year. So his second year, he started off three and two in 2015. And then he was asked to take a leave of absence by University of Southern California, USC, and then was fired the next day. And so we found out since then that there were a lot of issues going on with Sark at that time. Players and coaches at Washington and USC both cited heavy alcohol use, including heavy alcohol use while on duty as the head coach of both of those programs. Um, they mentioned times where he was noticeably under the influence of alcohol in huddles, um, at meetings, after games, um, you know, even talked about how, you know, one time after a win at USC, he he drank a whole bottle of tequila. Uh, so it looked like Sark used to get down a little bit, but on a, on a serious note, um, they just deemed that he needed professional help and, you know, that the alcohol had gotten out of hand. They said it was times where he was dealing with the players and his eyes um, were, were noticeably uh, not looking right and uh, he just was really emotional and it seemed to be going through a lot. And so they felt, though, you know, as though that it was best uh, for him to focus on himself and seek professional help rather uh, than be coaching the USC Trojans. And so after five games that season, he was fired. Clay Helton came in as the interim coach, ultimately won the job um, after that season and continued to coach at USC before he was replaced. But so Sark was listed as one of the worst hires of the decade. Um not really, you know, for his inability to coach and win games at USC, uh, but for his inability to just handle being uh, the head coach at a program like that. And like I said, it just sounds like a lot was going on with Sark at that time. Thankfully, um, it seems like he has been able to move past those demons. We haven't heard anything um, throughout his time at the offensive coordinator at Alabama or throughout his time as the head coach at the 40 Acres. Um, it's just about, about any alcohol use or him dealing with anything that affects his ability to coach on the field so hopefully uh, he's been able to move past that and hopefully you know if bleacher report makes a list of the best coaching hires of this decade sark will find his way on it coming up next once again a team that we have not talked about nearly enough on this podcast your texas women's basketball team they are sweet 16 bound i make sure i give them some praise before we get out of here today it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So while, you know, we were anticipating, hopefully, the Texas Longhorns men's basketball team getting to the Sweet 16 by beating Purdue, which did not happen. Our women's basketball team was getting the job done. They are balling, they are styling and profiling, and they are headed to the Sweet 16 after two consecutive wins in the NCAA tournament. In the first round, they took care of business against Fairfield, 70-52. to 52. And if that wasn't impressive enough, they came back in the second round against a Utah team and beat them 78 56 two straight double digit wins in the ncaa tournament they are rolling they will face off this friday in the sweet 16 against lsu or ohio state by the time you hear this podcast that game will have been decided but 
I'm recording before that game takes place. So once again, whoever wins between Ohio State and LSU will be unlucky enough to face off against this very hot Texas basketball team, Texas women's basketball team on Friday in the Sweet 16. And I remember uh, Vic Schaefer really gained my respect this year and when he came out and gave an impassioned speech about how he was disappointed in the university, he was disappointed in the fans, he was disappointed in the students that they weren't supporting one of the best basketball teams in the country with the Texas Longhorns. And I remember um, a lot of Mississippi State fans where Vic Schaefer previously coached in you know the comments and commenting commenting on it, saying how they couldn't believe um, you know that that people in Austin weren't coming out to support this team because they know of his acumen as a coach. Well, this team is twenty eight and six, and you know he said that he wanted people to come out and, and watch this basketball team. They're one of the best teams in the country, you know, a top ten basketball team that was down in the the fifties or sixties, I think, um, in terms of attendance in women's college basketball. And so that's just not right. And I remember at the end of the season and the last uh, basketball game at the Irwin center, um, you know, that he pledged $10,000. If we could get 10,000 fans to show up, I think 12,000 plus showed up. So good for them. I remember when the Texas football players went out and supported them and, and, and made sure that they were there. Jake majors, uh, agent zero Quinn Ewers and, and Xavier Worthy. So I want to give a big shout out to them for increasing awareness on the Texas women's basketball team. I know the university did an initiative where uh, if you attended the the Texas baseball game that day, then you got a free ticket to see the women's uh, basketball game in Irwin Center. So uh, they did a lot of things to make sure that this basketball team was getting the support and, and the adoration they deserve. And now they are 28 and six on the season headed into the Sweet 16 led by point guard Rory Harmon led by head coach, once again, Vic Schaefer, your Big 12 tournament champions, and they have a realistic shot to get to the national championship this year and win it, once again, playing Ohio State or LSU on Friday. This is one of the best teams in the country. They have a lot of will, uh, a lot of skill, <laughs> and a lot of grit. Um, they're well coached, and, and they're really well balanced on offense and defense. And so, um, you know, I apologize. That's my fault. This is a team that we haven't talked about nearly enough on this podcast. So make sure you're going out and supporting your Texas women's basketball team. I will be highlighting the remainder of their journey in the NCAA tournament as they hopefully bring another championship back to the 40 acres. So make sure we're supporting our women's basketball team. Make sure we continue to support our Texas baseball team as they have rebounded uh, from a rough patch where they went two and five over a seven game stretch. They are four and oh since then. Make sure uh, you're keeping up with all the latest happenings on your Texas football team as they enter spring practices and look to rebound from a five and seven season and keep up with your Texas men's basketball team who will look to get past the Sweet 16 next year. Got some five-star recruits coming in. Some players on this team will definitely be coming back. It remains to be seen who, but Coach Beard, Chris Beard is going to do some really good things for this Texas Longhorns football, I mean, basketball team. Longhorn Nation, thank you so much for tapping into a Tuesday edition of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics. Of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Peace.